You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Thanks to Earl for the update. We're Grant and Danny welcoming you back on the fan. We welcome in our audience in Richmond for the first time today. They're with us For the next three hours, if you are listening on the flagship all over the DMV, 1067, the fan in and around D.C., we're taking you up to 630 tonight. Jay Gruden is on the show at 5. Earl mentioned this. The Wizards lost by 20 last night. They got 23-10 and from Kristaps Porzingis, who's been really good, and Kyle Kuzma, who might be an all-star, 19-8, and but not enough from everybody else. They were only two-point dogs in this game, and they got blown out. Uh, they fall to seven under 500 now. No Zion, no Brandon Ingram. Not a good look, is all I'm saying. You, with those guys clicking, I mean, New Orleans is one of the surprise teams in the sport. CJ McCollum is a great piece. Zion Williamson is a star. Brandon Ingram is the best player nobody talks about. Now that those last two guys played last night. So, that's not great. The Nats are not spending money. They're not going to spend money. Uh, this ownership group at this point is trying to sell and not adding any Dollars at all to the bottom line. And so Mike Rizzo and his staff, it looks like, are being asked to basically find guys they kind of like for a million or two million dollars and don't spend more than 10 or 12 million this offseason is seemingly what is happening here. But with that as the backdrop, now it's very important, again, that that is the backdrop for my next comment. Okay, so nobody pay attention to the first part, only hear this part. I kind of get steamed up for Corey Dickerson. There it is. Now, in a world where which world you can't spend any money and you're not allowed to acquire real good talent and you're not allowed to compete in the NL East and every fan who likes that team should be livid right now. In that world, Corey Dickerson in left field, that's my guy. I've always been a Corey Dickerson guy. He's a career 280 hitter with a career 800 OPS. He can swing it a little bit. He can roll the pole. He can hit. I What's he done non-Colorado division? I've kind of lost track a little bit. So, Pittsburgh, he did some good things. Uh-huh. Hit 300 for the Pirates multiple times. Got traded to the Phillies. A little bit of a disappointment in Miami with the Marlins. Uh-huh. Uh, showed well in Toronto in a good lineup in a good ballpark. Last year did not go very well in St. Louis. I see. He's also just been... You think Carson Wentz is well-traveled lately? <laughs> I mean, this guy can't get his bags unpacked before he's getting back on a train to go somewhere at this point. But right now, here's your Nats lineup. You ready? Corey Dickerson in left, Victor Robles in center, Lane Thomas in right, Jamer Candelario at third with C.J. Abrams at short, Luis uh. Garcia up the middle at second, uh huh, uh huh, Dominic Smith, the former Met, at first. Yep. K-Bear Ruiz catching, and Joey Manessis is your DH. There are several players in there that I'm going, oh, that's fun, that's neat. And then there's some that aren't that exciting. And the Nationals. What happened, Charlie? Do not score. Yeah. Thank you, Darius. He's a nice guy, Darius. Darius is. He's a nice guy. <laughs> He's super nice. His job is to entertain. He's a nice guy. 
Let's get to the Commanders and Sam Howe. Well, actually, let's detour real quick to the NFL coaching carousel. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I heard a conversation today on national radio about other coaches that could be added to the carousel here of openings. So there's some thought nationally that Sean Payton would want to come back in New Orleans and that Dennis Allen would be out with the Saints. I think that that is fun fantasy football first couple days of the offseason fodder. I don't think he will come back this year, and I definitely don't think he's coming back to coach the Saints who have a lot of the same problems in a bad quarterback situation. Yeah, bad cap and everything else. Um, They could trade him. Because That's right. they have his rights. So if another team would want him, and, and I know, I think it was the Dolphin. No, no, who was it? The, uh, the Broncos, rather, have asked to talk to him. They could trade Sean Payton for picks and stuff like that. That's possible. But he's not going to be coaching the Saints. This is a tried and true plan. I call it the John Gruden plan. I'm sure other people have did this before him, but I noticed when Gruden was doing this. Every year, his agent or whoever was on the team would just float out that he had, he had interest in coaching. Would just float it. Constantly letting people know that John Gruden is thinking about coming back or this team was linked to Gruden potentially. And all he did was get more and more money from ESPN to not coach, eventually parlaying that into a 10-year, $100 million deal. John Harbaugh's doing it. Not which Harbaugh? Jim Harbaugh's doing it right now, flirting with NFL teams. Maybe he takes a job, maybe he doesn't. But you keep your name in the rotation. Sean Payton leads a very cushy existence at the moment where the reputation probably outseeds his coaching acumen. You let it simmer every year, you look great on television, you make a couple insightful comments, float your interest, and you're going to get a mega ridiculous deal in a couple of seasons. I'm not a big pat-yourself-on-the-back guy, but I am standing very firmly, it would appear, in the circle of correctness. Your boy's been calling that Sean McVay is leaving the Rams to go to TV since September. That's happening, right? I mean, he is rolling on out of there. And here's what's going to happen, is it's going to be billed as... He needs a break. He needs to step back. Guy's in his 40s. He's fine. He'll be okay. What he wants to do is get away from that tire fire that's about to happen in LA. Because that's a rebuild on its way with no means to rebuild. Uh, They just traded all the picks. Mm -hmm. They gave up all their first rounders for years. They basically made one deal with the future devil after another. And I think Sean McVay looks up and goes, do I really want to be around here for the next three or four years and we're going 6-11? and I don't want to do that. I could go make $20 million a year on TV and then handpick the situation I come back to if I want to be with Justin Herbert when he's going into year six in the NFL or whatever. I want to go to a market I like on the East Coast. Maybe by then Bezos is coaching Washington. He gets $18 million a year to come coach the Commanders uh, because they've got the hot shot quarterback. Can you imagine that? I think McVay is leaving L.A. and he will be doing TV next year. Because it's more fun and he can make just as much money. So in September, I was, I don't want to say I was mocking you, but I mocked the idea. I was like, they're, they're going to be good again. They'll be right back in the playoff hunt. I don't think they'll repeat because that's hard to do, but they'll be good. There's no way they fall off the table and then they fell off. I didn't think it would be this bad by any means. I just thought they wouldn't win the Super Bowl and the window starts to close and you can get out while the getting is good. Yeah, this isn't started to close. This was slammed shut and painted over. Like that, they're awful, and they got no way to be good for a minute. What if Les Snead rolls out, too, and the two guys who are wearing the bleep the pick shirts? It does kind of feel shady to the fans. Now, you have a Super Bowl that they got you, so maybe that's all that matters and nothing else does. 
But those two guys basically mortgage the future that they don't have to worry about if they both leave. Just to, just that you know that clap motion where you go up and down with your hands and go, it's all for me, and you walk out of there, light a match. They, they're just rolling out like a Michael Bay movie with the yeah. explosion behind them. Oof. But there, there are people left to pick up all those pieces, man. That about wraps her up. I just I can't see McVay coming back. Could be wrong. Maybe he announces he'll be coaching next year. I'd be stunned. It, you know what would be really nice for him? That that cushy spot next to Al Michaels on Thursday Night Football you for Amazon Prime. You stay in Prime. L.A., right? You live there with your mansion that overlooks the whole world, your supermodel lady wife. You work once a week flying someplace to break down how great somebody is on, uh, on a Thursday Night Telecast. Oh, yeah. Cushy. Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew had a press conference in Ashburn today. Unlike Sean McVay, it doesn't seem like they are going anywhere. Neither of them was definitive, I would say, on any topic, but certainly when it came to Sam Howell's future, the quarterback position, what they're going to do. Um, Mayhew said a lot of the same things from one year ago at this time with the idea that they'll overturn every stone and they're not going to rule out a veteran or or a draft pick or moving around in the draft. Something that they did early in last year's draft, moving back to get John Dotson. Question for you guys on the phones, though, right now is, should they just right now come to the decision that they're not going to do the last year's plan thing where they decide we have to get a quarterback and then they're so worried maybe that they don't get one that they just take whoever's best. And that's how they got to Carson Wentz. They tried to get Russell Wilson and thank God that didn't work. They went down the list. There was a report. They almost traded for Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm -hmm. That led to Rivera being upset. Remember in Chicago saying that that wasn't true and it wasn't fair to Carson Wentz that that story had come out. Should they just this week sit around in the meeting rooms in Ashburn, in the boardroom and say, we are going to give Sam Howell a chance at this job to come out of camp next year. Whatever else happens at quarterback will be to supplement him, a veteran to help him, a proven backup or keeping Heineke around, but naming him the QB two. Is that something that should be on the table right now? Yes. No, I don't think the way everyone else does. And they don't have the luxury to think the way that I do because everybody that's ever had these kinds of jobs is in the business of self-preservation and covering their own butts. So they won't do this, but they should because the best thing for the organization is to allow, and I'm not sitting here telling you, Sam Howell is so amazing, just y'all wait and see. I'm going, no, 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 no. I'm not doing the veteran cast-off bargain DVD bin ever again. I refuse to participate. The only time that's acceptable is if a future Hall of Famer gets so disgruntled with his current organization that somehow MVP caliber Peyton Manning shakes free with some years left or Tom Brady and Bill Belichick can't be in the same room anymore and you get, you know, again, one of the best to ever do it in Brady to shake free. I'm not doing the broken down third team in three years. If he was still good, he'd be on his current team situation. I'm never doing that again. So they should draft somebody, but they're not in a great position to do that. And I don't want this group evaluating or mortgaging the future when they won't be here to see it. What the best thing for this organization is to do, what the smartest, most salient thing to do is, you play Sam Howell and you supplement him with a readily available, cheap backup quarterback. There's a million of those guys. It's the Case Keenum tier. They're always available at all times. You could pay $5 bucks and have a veteran in the room to help him out. If Howell is good, ta-da, problem solved. I'm not counting on that. If he's not good, you're in a great position to then get the guy that is good. And it's going to be the next regime that picks for you. This is not how organizations, it's not how general managers, coaches, or whomever think, but it's how those of us outside that were here for 
Gibbs too and Shanahan and Gruden and Allen and all these other guys that were in charge of this stuff will be here when this group is gone. They can't worry about self-preservation. The best thing for this organization is to just wear it next year with Sam Howell and do the thing they should have done, frankly, for each of the last three years, and that's find a kid quarterback to try to groom and develop. Yeah, I actually am a proponent of Howell getting a chance to be the guy as well, but it has nothing to do with the reason that I think a lot of fans are suddenly enamored with him. It has nothing to do, I won't say nothing, but very, very, very little to do with Sunday against Dallas. That is at most 5% of why I would be perfectly fine giving Hal the offseason and ultimately bringing in, I'm going to say the name all offseason, you're going to get tired of hearing this, but it's just a guy like this, Uh right? A Jacoby Brissett kind of guy. And the reason I would do that is, I think that what they want to be, and they reiterated it in their press conference again today, you shouldn't be spending huge money on a quarterback like Carr or like Garoppolo or frankly like Wentz, and then asking him to do it that way. And I do think there have been mixed signals, right? You spend that money and give up what you did for Wentz, and you draft a wide receiver in the first round only to be a team that is run first, run second, run third, pass fourth, and then run fifth, where Mayhew today is saying he really liked that they were 2-1 to one in run-pass balance in the final week of the season, and that's who they want to be. But if you want essentially to be a great defense, top five, two of the last three years statistically, top 10, hopefully next year, further upgrade that unit, be a run first team, upgrade your offensive line, save all the money you'd be spending, 30 or so million, on a veteran quarterback, and dump that money into pain Mm -hmm. and curl and sweat extensions and onto the offensive line or whatever else. And while I don't think Hal's the long-term answer, I don't think three or four years from now he's winning playoff games in Washington, Best case scenario, he plays well enough that he's an answer. Yeah, that he's good. Worst case scenario, he falls on his face, and Brissett and he together are the QBs of a really bad season. And at that point, you're probably blowing out the front office and the coaching staff after four years, and you're starting all the way over. But doing that with everyone at once for the first time in a long time, where the GM, the coach, the quarterback are all out together and you're starting from scratch, oh, by the way, with a new owner potentially, would also not be the worst thing in the world. So that's another reason why I'm okay with that rather than a commitment to Garoppolo that another staff or GM might inherit. Not that interested in that. And then the last thing would be, I do believe in today's NFL, if you're trying to do what they want to do, the Giants are kind of my model, okay? The Giants, this is not what Brian Dayball wants to be. Brian Dayball was the play caller and OC and designer for the Bills the last couple of years. With Josh Allen, yeah, lest we forget. High octane, greatest show in football. They thought running plays were dumb plays. He never ran. Devin Singletary got six carries in a game, and it was too many for, for Brian Dable. People basically said, this guy does not know how to call a running play. This year, he goes to New York, and they are a defense and run first team with a mobile quarterback who he worked a lot of designed runs into that offense for Daniel Jones to make Barkley better, to make that offense sing. It was an integral piece to the puzzle. I think you could do some of that with Sam Howell. Now, is Scott Turner the man for the job? They got to figure that out. You know, can he be there, Brian Dable? Can he do that? I'm not sure. But that to me is what I would be looking for next year is 
Sam Howell as a dual-threat quarterback who basically is asked to throw it like 25 times a game, don't throw picks, which is what the Giants told Daniel Jones this year. By the way, he has way worse weapons than Howell would have here. That's right. McLaurin, Dotson, Samuel, all better than any of the pass catchers in New York. Add a tight end and an O-line. Have him run around a little bit with Robinson and with Gibson. There's no reason if this defense is top 10 that you couldn't do something like what the Giants did, who are three-point dogs. I mean, they may well win a playoff game mm-hmm. this year, something that hasn't happened here since 05. So I'm totally okay with it. Difference between being okay with it and for it, but I would even say I might be for it. Not for the reasons, though. Everyone else seems to think he's the guy. It's the distinction we, we I want to draw. the guy, and I'm not playing that game. Yeah. I'm just saying... You know what didn't work is what you did last year. Should we really do that again? Yeah, I'm for it, not because I'm fooled by a pretty good sample of a fourth quarter or of, of a week 18 game, right? I'm not. It's 19 passes, man. Yeah. I'm do I'm doing it because it makes practical sense for the best way to finally build something. I would feel the exact same way for the record if he didn't play against the Cowboys. Now I have more conviction that he might be able to do it. Because you saw some things. Because I saw that yeah. he made NFL throws and made NFL decisions and I really liked when I rewatched the game and now having done it last night and on Sunday night, what I really like is how decisive he was leaving the pocket as a, as a carrier of the football and sliding, which is a skill, you mm-hmm. know, decisions not to get hit. Like all that stuff was dynamite. Yep. Really, really strong. Let's go to Vaughn and Alexandria. What do you make of the possibility of Sam Howell getting a shot to be the guy, or do they have to just do better than a, fifth-round pick with no experience. Uh, can I make a few comments first? Danny, doesn't it feel good to, to have the quarterback throw a ball and a guy catches it on a run and, and stride and keeps running? Didn't that just feel good for one time? I'm in favor of that. that. I'll go out on a limb and say that. I'll, I'll, listen, a lot of sports talk guys don't want to be controversial nowadays. I like that. I like when my quarterback does that. Some people want guys it, to stop and good. reach back. Not me. I like the in-stride type throws. I'll say that. And, Danny, quick question for you. Uh, listening to that press conference, I know I'm off topic, but listening to that press conference, I was so irritated that no one followed up to the BS that they were speaking. Like like you just mentioned, when um, Martin said we want to be two to one running the ball, did anybody think to follow up with that? It's like, what if you can't do that? How do you plan to respond to that? Like, we've seen the games where you couldn't run the ball. What's your response? That's the reason why we're in this predicament. Well, that, here's the problem, though. Thanks, Thanks Vaughn, for the call. In those settings, it's really, really difficult to have any kind of an exchange. Not that that's even the job of the reporter, right? You ask the question, you get your answer, you move along. But there are times when you can follow up and you can drill down. And and I think that's really instructive. And that's where you get good answers and good content and fans can learn. Because it's not just your stock answer, right? It's almost like a... A presidential debate. Uh-huh. The first question you get the prepared answer off the index cards that they've been studying all night. Then you follow up and you get them off script a little bit. The problem is in that setting when you've got 25 or 30 people all trying to get questions in over 30 minutes, there's already going to be 10 or 12 questions everyone has that don't get asked. You, not everyone's going to get the mic when they need to, which is another issue. If, if everyone's just, you know, like the movies from 25 years ago, just raising their hand and asking about Seabiscuit, it's a whole different world. But now you got to wait for a microphone, and someone's yeah. got to pass it to you, and then on the way, three other people are going to grab it. It gets really, really complicated and hard to just follow up. Yeah, it's on not something. a one-on-one. It's not an extended thing, exactly. an interview for 10, 12, 15 minutes. It's you let the guy say what he's going to say. Should they 
give Sam Howell a legitimate chance to be the quarterback? Because I think that's a reasonable take. Here's the other problem, though, Danny, and we can look at it from this side too next. This staff is going into year four. It's a year where they have to win. This year, some people, I think, made the case they had to make a violent jump or they were in a little bit of trouble. I never felt like that would be the case. But don't we all agree? Don't you think Rivera and the Marty Herney and the other Marty, don't you think they'd all agree? If we're here for four years without 10 wins, we're in big trouble. I mean, right, that, that, that's fair. They've got to know. Can you get there with Sam Howe? Or do they have to try to swing for the fences rather than a base hit to get on base with a fifth-round pick last year? Phones are open. MGM National Harbor listener lines, 800-636-1067, 800-636-1067. We're Grant. He's Commander Danny on the fan. Sam, when we talked this week, you said this would be the most important game of your life, and it was a dream to have the opportunity to start an NFL game. How did the reality compare to the dream? Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, it was just so much fun to get out here with my teammates. Um, just glory to God, you know. He's just always been so faithful to me in my life, and it was a lot of fun out here tonight. Credit to the defense and special teams made some big plays, and really we had good field position all night long, uh, and it was a lot of fun. Tom Rinaldi of Fox with Sam Howe after he and the Commanders beat the Cowboys by 20. Sam Howell, one NFL start and already more NFL wins than steaks consumed in his life. Never had a burger, never had a steak, wow. but he has beaten the Cowboys. Do you think he treated himself or someone tried to treat him to a steak after his first NFL win? So our friends at Buffalo Wild Wings, we did all the shows out That's at right, B-Dubs yes. all season long, uh, actually sent him a bunch of chicken tenders yesterday at his house. He posted on social media. Is that right? That beat-ups, had chicken tenders, and some other food off their menu that I wasn't familiar with that apparently he's really excited about. Uh, but yeah, I guess he's a big beat-ups guy. You know, he likes his chicken. So he did eat some meat, but it was not red meat, and it was not the burgers or the steaks that we love so much. You're not going to get me to run down the uh, boneless wings or wings or chicken tenders or beat-ups. I'm simply saying, in addition to those chicken things, one could also eat a cheeseburger. One could also eat a steak. Especially if you win a game as an NFL quarterback, your first your first pass is a touchdown to Terry McLaurin. Stake it up. See, talk to a guy about a steak. Get one. They're really good. How about this story? Bill Safety, DeMar Hamlin. You know, he's back in Buffalo from Cincinnati. He's not home yet. He's at a hospital getting mm-hmm. treatment now in Buffalo. But he's taking what is being reported as maybe some final tests that if he clears those, he'll be able to actually go home. Amazing. Looks like Just phenomenal today, tomorrow. And he is heavily now interacting with fans and, and players on social media. And he was watching the game live, tweeting back and forth about different plays and things going on. So he's doing great. Yeah, it's incredible. That's just incredible. As, as scary as that was for the you know, subsequent recovery and every milestone, we're all waiting with bated breath to figure out you know what's going to happen. Each crossroad has been met, and he he's come through with fine colors. It's incredible. Trying to take your temperature as a fan base on – Going into this offseason, whether you'd be cool with the commanders giving Sam Howell a legit chance to be the guy, or if you think with Rivera talking about the need for quarterback as much and as long as he has here, if they have to do better than that, if they have to 
solve this dilemma, not with a fifth rounder who's going to be up and down in his first season as a starter if they gave him the job next year. But if you think that they've got to really try to swing for the fences and and try to go get themselves a stud. Let's go to Mark in Largo on G&D. What's up, Mark? Hey, hey guys. Look, everyone knows how I love Sam, and I love Sam a lot, and I think Sam could be a great quarterback for this team for many years to come for this team. I just don't see him being that way with Scott Turner. And 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 for us to even have a conversation about Sam and everything with Scott Turner is is ridiculous. I, look, we need an alpha on the offense. We got an alpha on the defense in Del Rio. We need an alpha on the offense. And Scott Turner, to me, look, they could have put up 50 points on Sunday. And I get the interception. Sam could have played better. What people are going to start to realize with Sam is Sam has a kind of a Brett Favre mentality. Oh, he has the arm, unlike Heineke. He has the arm and he thinks he drill it through things. And, and he'll learn with that. He'll get better with that. But, guys, the first and foremost thing they got to do first before anything, they got to get rid of Scott Turner. I mean, that, that, that has to go. If you don't, Ron's going to get fired just like, just like Jay got fired four years ago early in the season. Well, their self-scout is underway, okay? And they're going to spend this week and probably some of next week diving into all of the players, all of the coaches on the staff. A lot of the times you see teams already have their mind made up. The Titans, as an example, fired their offensive coordinator right after the season ended, basically. They played... A Saturday night win in in-game, and on Black Monday, we already knew their OC was out. Right. Now, I he mean, had a DUI during the season, and it could be more to it than just his play calling. I'm not really sure, but they fired him. Yeah, the offense was bad, and, and you knew. I think this is setting up to be Turner's the fall guy. I think that article in the Washington Post with Sam Fortier, and he got all those different guys to speak, and great journalism, great piece. But this, to me, is sort of the setup here, right? Where even though he got an extension this past offseason, Scott Turner did, I think Turner's going to be set up so that, okay, we've now fixed the problem. Nothing else to see here. We're going to keep moving with our staff, and everything is great. There's a chance he's brought back for sure. There is a chance, yeah. Because I think if it was obvious that he was going to be out, we would kind of know it. He can read those tea leaves. I think it's 50-50. I mean, I hate to say that you know it's pretty boring radio that I don't know. I don't have a good feel for this, but... Here was when Ron Rivera was asked about Scott Turner today in the press conference. Here's what he said. And again, this is your end of season state of the union, so to speak. Rivera on Turner. This is a full quote, by the way. I think Scott did his job, did the things that he tried to do. We're going to self-evaluate and go through that process, end quote. That is not a ringing endorsement. That now, is, a, yeah. <laughs> I guess you could find what you want to find because his first statement was, "I think he did his job," but he said he did the things he tried to do. That reminds me of Jay Gruden they're when playing, asked about the they're defense. Playing, they're playing how they're playing. They're playing how they're playing. Scott Turner did the things he tried to do. What does that mean? And then he quickly added, "We'll self-evaluate and go through that process." The most damaging thing is the Post article. I don't know how much Rivera cares about that or not. I could just tell you, I've never in my life seen a story, quote, nine unnamed people agreeing in this market yeah. on, on anything with you know without their names attached to it. And, and again, it's great reporting. It's a really good job doing his job by Sam Fortier to get us closer to the team and what's going on behind the scenes. 
But, like, it's hard to even think about who the nine players would be. Presumably, they're all on offense. There's only, like, 25 of those guys. A bunch of them, with all due respect, like, who cares what, what Chris Paul, who's a seventh-round pick, who played once at the end of the year, thinks, right? So you're, I mean, Logan Thomas maybe was a veteran or a captain. Like, there's a couple guys that did, I, I can't imagine uh, Taylor Heineke, who's Scott Turner's boy, was one of the, you know, did you talk to Wentz? And again, we don't want to get into guessing sources, but my point is, Nine guys is a lot, man. That's substantial. It's and hard I, to even work that math out. I, I bet you there may have been a couple defensive players in there, too. Just, you know. But what do they know about offensive play calling not, in this situation? Not much, but just saying, you know, hey, they got away from the game plan. They were running it great, and then they stopped. I mean, just, you know, guys that are willing to talk and express their frustration. Because those guys are, are going, we should run it every play because we love it. It's physical and smash mouth. Regardless of, you know, the adults that sort of know that may not be the best way to tactically do it. But to your point, that means something's been simmering. That's not a, hey, they're on a winning streak. Everything's great. They, they got to seven and five. Here's the story about the OC. This is, it's going to come crashing down. They haven't won in a month. They had two chances to beat uh, the Giants. Couldn't do it. Lost to Cleveland. Couldn't get right. Now there's something out there, and now we're going to sort of show the division. So I couldn't get out to the park today for the presser. I really wanted to. And if I got out there, the one question I wanted to ask was, from a cultural standpoint, okay, the idea is that the culture is better and that we're in a better place organizationally than you used to be in terms of togetherness and all that stuff. What does Rivera think about really the, the things don't go well for a month and everyone's jumping onto their own lifeboat? I mean, you have nine guys unnamed pointing fingers in the newspaper. Like That's a really bad sign for what you're trying to build organizationally, I would say. And I wanted to get his thoughts on that, but something that I'll have to wait, I suppose. I couldn't get out there. Josh, Upper Marlboro, what's up? Hey, fellas. Um, this feels eerily similar to January 9th, 2021, almost exactly two years ago, the day after Taylor overperformed against the Bucks, and we were all super excited, at least homers like me were, and, <laughs> you know, thinking about what his prospects were heading into the next season. And I just think we're convinced – but. Some of us are convincing ourselves of something that's just not realistic, which is that Sam can, you know, be a viable QB1. I feel like we need to go out and compete for the big names that are out there. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is insane. Um, and, you know, some of the other folks that may be available, and Sam is, could potentially be a viable backup. The last thing I'll note is I actually think you guys should be permanently banned from commenting on Sam Howell for two reasons. One, Grant, until he gets a haircut, his hair will always annoy you, and it's going to fight you against him. And, and two, the fact that he doesn't appreciate steak is probably bothering Danny deep down in his soul, and so that's predisposing you guys to not like him. So I'd love your comments on that. Well, I, it's a very good assessment by you. He's, he's, you've cut to the core. Be back. Josh is very correct on that. If they, if they were picking jurors on Sam Howell, we'd be thrown out. Yeah. His counsel would say, obviously, reject jurors number one and two. <laughs> right. That's us. Juror number one can't take him seriously because of his haircut. And I'd be like, well, that's true. And, and I'd be I, like, well, I'm fine. <laughs> I don't care what his hair is. It can be long. It can be short. Juror he can cut it no more. Uh, sir, you yep. uh, think that he's never had steak and you can't take him seriously. Yep, you're right. right. See you. Thanks, guys. <laughs> where, so, do, where do I get my jury thing filled out? Josh's point is very, very true. And it's what I was trying to say yesterday, which is, the same people that are throwing a party over one Howell game, over 19 Howell passes and over 11 Howell completions, threw the party for Heineke last year and the year before. And the line I used, and I'll reuse, is 
The invitation said four on them, and they're just scribbling a one before the four, and they're handing out the invitations and the cups and the napkins for the next party. He's not wrong about that. This guy is better, and this is different because his arm is superior. He's faster. He's a better runner of the football. His excellent college career was in the ACC at UNC. You can't look past the fact that there was a time where he was a beloved college draft prospect, expected to go in the first round, and a lot of people thought maybe could be the first quarterback off the board. And with all due respect to Heineke, just from a physical standpoint, that was just never the case. No, it wasn't the evaluation. He didn't get drafted. Now, I am I am nobody. I'm just I talk to you every day. But he was my favorite quarterback in this past class. He wouldn't be my favorite quarterback in this class or a couple classes ago or you know some of the other ones that have been a lot better. But I thought this was a down quarterback year. I've always been intrigued by him. So I am I am pro Sam Howell getting an opportunity, especially for a team that's not going anywhere. Like if this was a 13-14 win team that could go do something special. If this was the Bills' top three in in in, uh, in DVOA and offense, defense, and special teams, he shouldn't be playing for them. But for a group that's riding the hamster wheel track where they can't seem to get off and they're going to keep riding it with another veteran quarterback, this is my exit. I'll take Sam Howell. I do understand Josh's concern about people overreacting to a game just like they did with Heineke. I just think these two prospects from an NFL tools standpoint are in different neighborhoods, so to speak. Which isn't to say Sam Howell's a starter. I feel really good about him being a good backup for a long time, which Heineke, short on some physical tools, has proven as well, based on all the work he's put in, that he is that guy. You know, He's an NFL backup who can start some games for you and come mm-hmm. off the bench out of the bullpen. Like He deserves a ton of credit. He saved two seasons here for Rivera and this staff. He really did. That's a big accomplishment, and he should be very proud of himself. 800-636-1067. Does Rivera, the Herney Mayhew Marty party, have the opportunity to name Sam Howell the guy this offseason? Is that a luxury they have? Or should they go big at quarterback again and try to hit a home run? We'll get to more of your thoughts on that. We'll hit our double play coming up next. And remember, our Beltway Blitz at the top of the hour at 4. We got Jay Gruden at 5 today on Grant and Danny. funny in the rejoin it says the man with one hand up Danny Ruye and yet you're the guy who swears you'll never put your hand up no it's not something people should do um everyone should be embarrassed that they tried to make it a thing and it's so awkward and uh, cringeworthy but I'm sure you have like a, a recording of me saying the word left and then like hand and then like another word and then you're gonna like play it like it's a real thing which is fine but everyone knows no one should be doing that and we should all be so embarrassed Remember when Danny put his hand up, Darius? Those haters can't stand us. Left hand up. Who are we? The commander. My hand is up. Commander. See there. My is. hand is up. Everyone knew it was coming. I figured it out commander. earlier when you were My like, hand you can't go right or left. Which way? Do you, or you can't go right or straight. Which way do you go? And I was like, left? Oh, that's going to come back. Someone's going to do that. So it turned out we didn't even need to because when Darius edited left into this, it sounded worse, so we just stuck with it. It sounded worse than that? Yeah. I'm sure. But um, you said the other day on the show, and actually a listener hit us up and was like, just so you guys know, 
Danny just said my hand is up, and you guys should probably work that up. into something. Right. That was admitting fault that I screwed up, whichever all of you should, by the way, who like this. But also, Put your hand up that you were wrong. This is Danny endorsing the left hand up song. Those haters can't stand us. Left hand up. Who are we? The commanders. My hand is up. Commanders. My hand is up. Commanders. We fight for RDC. Who are we? The commanders. My hand is up. Commanders. My hand is up. I knew if we just waited deep enough into the season, Danny, you'd come around. No, and I did now not. your hand is up. You're clearly your hand is up. My hand is up. Yeah. People can hear. My hand is up. They have yep. ears. They can hear it. Your hand is up, guy. They can hear it. Which hand, though? My hand is up. Left one. My vengeance My will be real. It will be planned. It will be persistent. And it will not stop. You'll go, that's enough. And I'll say, no, no, no. It's just begun. But which hand is up? That's what I'm curious about. No, both hands should be down. It's not your eight, right one? It's an 8-8 eight and eight team with a stupid mascot that doesn't make sense and a very cheesy name that should all go away. It's the most cringeworthy thing that's ever happened. Please stop doing it. I'm begging all of you. You're, you're a national joke. Everyone is mocking you directly to your face and behind your back. You are a parody. Stop doing it. I'm begging all of you. Thank you. <laughs> Double play. <laughs> Brought to you by GovSmart, intelligent IT solution for government. Visit GovSmart.com. With great anticipation and excitement, GP, this weekend is a monumental television situation hmm. on the Home Box Office Network, my friend, the HBO. They have adapted one of the most beloved video games of all time, The Last of Us, into a show. Yes. There's you in on this, by the way. There's his in. Now, the plot is the initial sort of summary of the plot. You've seen this and heard this before. Crippling infectious disease turns people slowly but surely into gross monsters, deforms them. They become bloodthirsty. So it's like a kind of a reimagining of the zombie I was thing. all excited. Now I think it's not for me. This is as brilliant, as moving, as incredible a piece of art. I'm not even talking about film, television, video game. In any genre, this game and this story is so incredible that they finally did the thing that everyone's been begging them to do, which is to turn this into a television show. Pedro Pascal is your star. He is going to be incredible. Bella Ramsey, who was in Game of Thrones, who played the little like uh, girl with like the Scottish accent, who called out a bunch of like lords and ladies, who was incredible. She plays uh, the co-star. It's really a story about the two the of them. Kid? Yeah, she's phenomenal as as an actress. The two of them, it's kind of their journey and their story. So what's amazing about it? It's not just a these horrifying creatures are the bad guys. They're the constant threat. They're sort of the antagonist, the villain. It's what human beings do when faced with the end of all things, end of end of uh, livelihoods and sort of the things that we're all sort of used to in terms of uh, comfort and otherwise reforming various societies and factions. That's the story, and that's what makes this thing brilliant. I cannot wait for Sunday night. Cannot wait. Will I enjoy this program? There's a. I actually legitimately think if you di- if you tried it, that you could really yeah. Even though it's zombie apocalypse, weird monster, because it's not stuff, it's not zombies. Because like The Walking Dead has done that; it's covered. You know, like you know how the zombies walk with like weird hitches in their gates and everything like that. These are basically this uh, airborne infection 
causes like people to be deformed. And initially, they they're there are three phases. They're runners where they see you, they come tearing after you, and they're mindless and they're still like human beings, but like possessed. Then there's the clickers. When you get when it gets to def- when you get deformed enough, you can no longer see, but you have excellent acute hearing, like the uh, the the monsters in a quiet place, right? And it makes this horrifying click sound to let them let you know we're on the hunt. And then if you make it far enough, you turn into kind of the the next phase after the clicker, and you've run into one of those, you're pretty much pwned. This show's going to kick all kinds of ass. It's getting reviewed incredibly well. I can't wait. I'll give it a whirl. I bet you'd like it. I, I will watch the first episode and see where that gets me. Time for my double play. I'm slowly becoming my parents. Happens to the best of us. I'm slowly becoming my parents. I like corner brownies now. When a brownie pan is unearthed, when they, you know you peel off the top and the whole pan is there, yep. first four brownies I eat are the corners. Never was a corner guy. I don't know when it happened. When did it change? Over a slow glacial pace, I'm sure, over years. In fact, when the corners are gone, I go with the edges after that. I want some of that hardened, crust-like exterior. I used to go right smack dab in the middle and just get that soft doughy brownie. Now, all of a sudden, I like the edges. Do you think that's an age thing, that, that, that older know. folks like the corners? I don't know. I know my parents, when I was a kid, always liked the corners and the edges and that crisp, and I thought it was weird. And now, here I am, just helping myself to the corners. How about it? What do you think? I... That's not one you're likely going to see in those progressive commercials where the guy's like helping his helping the woman like right. not leave a voicemail. Are and, you a corner brownie guy? Yeah, always have been. Love corner. Here's the thing: I get stuck with the middle piece. Fine, I'll be fine. Of course, you. There's be no fine. nothing wrong here. But if it's a choice, corner. Pummeled a couple brownies over the weekend. Did a pretty good job last week eating better, but then I I took Sunday off. Then someone brought you a brownie. No, no. What happened was I took Sunday off because it was a tailgate season. It was NFL day and it was football and it was just a a reason to to not have any willpower. So then I ate how many brownies would it have been? There was four, then there was three. Maybe eight brownies. Okay. Something like that. Are you a can I ask you a personal question? I I don't don't want to. Always. Well, I I feel like this is a little bit too forward, but we haven't. Make yourself at home. We've been doing this for for almost 10 years. I feel like we know each other. By the way, I found out the nine-year anniversary that we just had. Uh-huh. Pottery. I need to get you some pottery. Pottery. Yeah. I, I would love some pottery. I'm going to call up Chris Cooley and ask him if he's got any extra pottery. Ship us some pots. He could ship us. Do you like anything in your brownies? No. Now, I will eat things in my brownies. Uh, the ones I had this weekend had chocolate chips. Yeah. That's what, I'm, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, what if someone came to you and was like, I have peanut butter chips in here? Definitely not. Chocolate I mean, chips. I'll eat that stuff. All of it makes it worse. Yeah. I want cake-like, double-layer, mm-hmm. double-batter, traditional, thick, big, tall, regular brownies. I have family members, I won't name them, who want, like, walnuts in their brownie. Well, that is, I'm out. And I, I, I like, a federal penitentiary is too much. But Agreed. whatever the next step down is for that eh, is what I would overnight say. Overnight in a holding cell Thank is fine. you. Like, like with, I mean, they're yeah. trying to kill Darius. They, that's murder one. Yes, you know they could that's go planned. Behind, that's behind bars forever if Darius dies because they put those nuts in there. Walnuts in your brownie. Oh, what a disappointment when that happens. When you, you think it's a brownie, it's clean, and you take a bite and there's a walnut in there. Thanks for ruining my flavor. Appreciate it, walnut, with your weird moisture sucking integrity. Danny's left hand is up. Nope. I'm Grant Paulson. Hands the up. Beltway Blitz is next right here on the fan.
My hand is up. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.